Support for Industry Focus comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with the one that has your best interest in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. You're listening to the Financials Edition, taped today on Monday, January 9th, 2017. My name is Gabby LaPera, and joining me on Skype is Jordan Wathen, one of our top analysts at The Motley Fool. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? Hey, Gabby. It's going all right. 2017 looks okay so far. How's yours? Oh, wow. What a resounding endorsement for 2017. Um, mine has been mine has been pretty good so far. This is actually my first industry focus of the year because we had the first Monday off because it was New Year's Day. <laughs> well, kind of New Year's Day observed. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I really love New Year's. New Year's is one of my all-time favorite uh, holidays. Um, it goes, I think... Probably Thanksgiving, New Year's, Fourth of July, and then St. Patrick's Day. That's mostly because it's my birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel bad for my brother. He really did not luck out. His birthday is on Valentine's Day, so every year he's always like celebrating with his girlfriend or his wife. Now I'm sorry, with his wife, and it's like, here, honey, I did all this stuff for you because it's Valentine's Day. And I mean, she gets some stuff too. It's his birthday, but still, I think I definitely got the better end of the deal. That's really rough for a guy, actually. That's yeah. No I know. Yeah, no, St. Patrick's Day is great because you can always encourage people to go out with you because you're like, it's St. Patrick's Day. Don't be lame. Let's go party. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, this is actually New Year's Resolution Week on Industry Focus, so you can expect to hear from all of us about our financial resolutions for 2017. And if you want to check them out in one place, head to resolutions.fool.com. Um, New Year's resolutions. Do you have any, Jordan? Uh, I actually didn't make a New Year's resolution this year. Um, I haven't in a long time, but one thing that I did do, and this is kind of an ongoing resolution, so I'm just going to claim it for this year. Uh, <laughs> in college, I decided that I was going, my New Year's resolution one year was to do something that someone wanted me to do, like go to a social event I didn't particularly care for or try a new food, and I would not say no to it. And actually, it turned out all right, and I learned that I liked a lot more foods than I thought I did. Like what? Um, I don't know. I've always had this weird thing with cheese, certain cheeses I don't like, so that kind of like throws out some foods. But it turns out that I like a lot of cheeses that I hadn't run into before. <laughs> I feel like it's it's pretty rare for people to dislike cheese, except for like the super stinky ones, which I love. Um, no, see, I don't like the stinky cheeses. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I love them. My mom always says that I, um, I'm i a trucker trapped in a girl's body because I love like onions and mustard and stinky cheese and like all this stuff that just makes your breath smell real bad. <laughs> um, uh, that's actually, that's you know what? I was talking to um, a friend of a friend and she had a really interesting New Year's resolution. It was, um, she was going to take 20 book recommendations from friends and family and then read all of the books over the course of the year. Um, I think that you really have to trust your friends and family if you're going to do that because her her group of people have all been kind of trolling her. They all they all gave her books like the Bible, Moby Dick, Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> so it might it might take her a while to finish them. I gave her The Martian because I felt bad for her. I was like, this is a short, fun book. It'll be easy for you to read. Like I had all these other books I wanted to recommend, but I just was like, I can't I can't give you anything hard after hearing your list. 
Yeah, that's really unfortunate. You could just, you know, totally bomb her with a very long book. Yeah. So maybe 20 you should, bucks from other people. Ooh. Yeah, 20 bucks. You Maybe you should consider that one. You should think about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of... I would have to ask certain friends. I would game it. So I don't think I could do that, honestly. <laughs> um, so, no. So my New Year's resolutions... Um, so I don't know if you know this, uh, in Venezuela there are a bunch of New Year's traditions um, that are that you have to do every year. So the first one is that you have a glass of champagne and you put silver coins in it and you toast with that and that's for lots of money. So obviously I did that because who doesn't want lots of money? Um, and then the second one is you eat 12 grapes as quickly as possible after you toast with your champagne um, and you try not to choke to death and each grape is a wish. Um, the choking to death part is really key. I've almost done that two years. Um, it was pretty scary. Grapes really go down very easily, <laughs> the wrong pipe. Um, and then the third thing that you're supposed to do is if you want to travel a lot, you're supposed to take your luggage and run around the block as fast as you can, um, which I also do every year. And it clearly worked last year because I went to Asia <laughs> and Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so, you know. Right. And that's a good one because it teaches you not to carry so much luggage when you travel, right? Exactly. Just carry ons for mm-hmm. that part mm-hmm. of the New yeah. Year's resolution. I know some people who do it with like full on suitcases, like the rolly luggage or the, like the big old Samsonite ones. That's what my parents do it with. And I'm just like, no, I'm just going to take a backpack. This will be representative of my journey, my very lightly packed journey. But um, because. I want to travel a lot in 2017. I made a few different New Year's resolutions. Um, And the first one is that I am going to look for a side job, some part-time work for Gabby LaPera. And that is because I want to travel and spend money, and that's a little bit of a luxury. But I also, this brings me to my second resolution, want to max out my Roth IRA in 2017. Contribution limits for people who are under 50 are is $5,500 for the whole year, and it's $6,500 if you're over 50. Um, I still have to pay rent and stuff like that. So in order to do everything I want to do, I'd like to pick up a side job so I don't feel like panicked about my money situation. Um, and this is not a new thing for me. Like I've worked plenty of second jobs before, although this one is nice because I don't have to commit like 30 hours a week. I'm only going to be working like... <laughs> 45 to 50 hours a week, which is totally cool. It's not like back in the day when it was 80 hours a week and that was rough. Um, so that should be fun. It's really easy to find a side job too. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever done this, Jordan, but like I always try and find something that is kind of already fits into my life. So like I've given horseback riding lessons in exchange for money and a break on um, my horse boarding or on lessons for myself. Or I've um, made friends with bartenders and bartended on weekends every once in a while. Stuff like that. Just stuff that, that I'm already doing anyway. So it's, it's easy to fit into my life. And then my third resolution. So I don't know if you guys read my resolutions last year. It was to start an emergency fund, which I accomplished. I completed my emergency fund. Go me. And to buy 20 stocks. And literally, I don't know what I was thinking. 20 stocks is so many stocks, Jordan. Yeah, that, that's a lot. That's a Academic research says 30 basically gets you the market return. So 20, you're well on your way there. Yeah, um, it was insane. I didn't even buy one. Not, just not, not, not even one, unless you want to count like the 8 million that I bought by buying a ton of index funds. Because I basically was like, you know what I like way better than researching stocks? Buying index funds. <laughs> Well, it's understandable too, though. I mean, to a certain degree, to buy twenty, 
with the contributions from one year, you'd pay a fortune in commissions. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Makes sense. So this year, I decided to tone it down a little bit. I'm only going to buy five stocks, one in each sector of industry focus, and. I figure this is way more doable because I can ask the other hosts of Industry Focus who are experts in their sector and they can be like, oh yeah, consumer goods, everyone knows X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, I didn't know X or Z, but I did know Y. So thanks for the other two. <laughs> so that's the plan. Those are my New Year's financial New Year's resolutions. I love resolutions. I write so many every year. I think they're good. Uh, I just have a hard time with it. Um, I don't know. One thing I, w- I do do for you know financial purposes this time of year is I like to take a look at everything that I'm spending money on automatically because it seems like anymore there's so many like stupid little things that cost $10 a month or $20 a month or whatever that just slowly eat away. And mm-hmm. I like to review those and just be like, do I really need this? And if I really need it, can I reduce it? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a new year cleaning. It's like a spring cleaning, but earlier. Right, exactly. I mean, like, I don't even have cable anymore because that died one year in uh, my review. I was like, I don't even watch TV as much as I, you know, should if I'm going to spend this much on it. So over time, I've just killed so many expenses that way, just looking at it. Yeah, that's a good resolution. I mean, if also, if anyone is curious about any of my non financial resolutions, feel free to write to industryfocus at fool.com. I'll send you a whole list. It's like, I don't know, like eight or nine resolutions. I go resolution crazy. But to be fair, one of them has been the same since I was in high school, and it's drink more water. I don't really drink that much water. I drink a heap ton of tea. And I read an article a few years ago about this guy who gave himself like a kidney disorder from drinking way too much tea, and it freaked me out. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, talking about New Year's resolutions. If your resolution is to buy a house this year, check out Rocket Mortgage. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and who has your best interests in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make informed decisions. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Thanks again to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting our podcast. So, Jordan, this is the part of the show where we turn to you. Uh, listeners, Jordan wrote a an article last year about his predictions, his 12 predictions, one for each month, just like my grapes, uh, for high-yield BDCs. And we are going to ask Jordan how he did with those predictions. Um, so, I think I did actually pretty well. Uh, but we'll let readers judge. The article's still online. You can search for it. It's just 12 predictions for high-yield BDCs. And I can and, send uh, it to you if you want it, industryfocusfull.com. We really like emails. That's, that's why I keep plugging our email. Yes. And, and also, too, on any article that I ever write, my emails uh, in my profile, whatever, you can send me an email. A lot of people do. It's interesting. I actually enjoy it because then I know you know what people are want to hear about. So definitely send us some emails, right? Yeah. So um, your first one was... Activism will flourish. Did that happen? Yeah, so that was kind of a big theme in 2016. Um, a lot of BDCs. Well, I guess we should probably step back. Let's let's talk about BDC. What it is really oh, quickly. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. So a business development company um, lends money generally to smaller businesses in the United States. So companies that are too small to list on Wall Street that don't have any access to money in that fashion. 
will borrow money from a business development company, typically at very high interest rates. And it's usually part of something like a private equity buyout. So uh, private equity identifies this company, they want to go buy it out, they will borrow money from a BDC to do that, and basically to leverage their equity investment in the company, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what a BDC does. Um, what had happened late, probably 2015, second half of 2015, is a lot of these BDCs were selling for less than book value. So that'd be the equivalent of owning, say, an index fund, and it's selling for way less than what all the stocks in it are worth, right? Yeah. And, that's, and so activists that's, basically said, hey, that's not right. You know, the market should value, if the market's not valuing every dollar of assets that you own at a dollar, then why are we letting you run it? Let's just shut this down, liquidate it, you know, cash out. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of BDCs, they, they attracted this activist attention. Um, whether or not they were successful, I'm going to give myself a failure on this one. I said that activism will flourish. Uh, there were a couple of activist targets. Uh, some of them basically didn't pan out so well. So the the activists that went after, there were two BDCs managed by Fifth Street Asset Management. Um, they went after them. Fifth Street Asset Management bought them off. That didn't turn out so well. Uh, the one success story, though, was that American Capital was sold to Ares Capital this year. So that was the one, I guess, activist success this year. Okay. Um, also, just for listeners, we're talking about high-yield BDCs, and just in general, when you see high-yield anything, just assume that there's something hinky going on, just because when people when companies have really high yields, like that, just that generally just means that there's something very risky happening because high yields don't appear out of nowhere. And when we're talking high yields, we're talking well, what like two times, three times the um, S and P 500 average. Oh, easily yeah. more like five times even. So yeah, so looking at ten to twelve percent. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. If you see anything in the double digits, really anything above five, start asking yourself, what's wrong with this company? Should I really be trusting them? So this is the, the exact type of BDC we're talking talking about. Um, did was there a BDC takeover in twenty sixteen? There wasn't. Jordan's wrong again. Uh, there's not really <laughs> reason to spend much time here. What happened was that is in early twenty sixteen. You remember oil prices crashed. Um, a lot of people thought a lot of these uh, debt investments in oil companies would, you know, immediately go to zero. It, some did, some didn't, but um, no, there was no troubled BDC takeover. So mark that as a wrong too. Congress will support BDCs. Also wrong. Um, <laughs> so everyone has thought that this has happened for a long time. So one of the protections that investors have in BDCs is that they're limited to one-to-one -one leverage. So they can't, their debt to equity ratio must be less than one to one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, they've talked about increasing that to two to one. So you could have uh, $2 of debt for every $1 in equity. And for years, I, you know, I think I've heard about this since like 2012, 2013. Um, it's been one of the things that would, you know, give BDCs this massive lift is that they could use more leverage. And to date, it just, it seems to always get stuck with regulators. Which I'm not sure is a bad thing, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. But we both know <laughs> how I feel about BDCs. Listeners, if you don't, we have plenty of episodes. Just search industry-focused BDCs on Google. I'm sure they'll pop up. Um, do you think that might happen in 2017? A lot of people are gambling on deregulation with a new administration. Well, so and that's that's an interesting thing because uh, someone by the name of Mick Mulvaney. I, I don't think I pronounced that right, but that's okay. <laughs> he was Trump's uh, pick for the Office of Management and Budget. And supposedly, you know, he actually sponsored this bill. And a lot of people think that he'll be, you know, a, like a birdie in Trump's ear 
saying, hey, sign this if it comes through. I don't know. I'm not I'm not so certain it's such a good thing anyway. Um, I think the good BDCs would use it wisely and a lot of them would use it in very terrible ways. So, we'll you know, when you're making risk, risky investments, I'm not sure you need more leverage. Yeah. Um, okay. So the rest of them, I believe you said that you got right. Well, yeah. I, the, for the most part, I think the rest of them nailed. So there were fewer new listings. There wasn't a single IPO this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one to go public, I believe, was Goldman Sachs BDC. And it really told the story of how, I guess, out of favor these stocks were. Because when they went pu- when Goldman Sachs took, took its BDC public, it actually said, hey, if this sells for less than book value, we'll buy back stock. Which is something that never happens in BDC land like whatsoever. Right. And then there was also, you said portfolio quality will generally deteriorate? Yeah, I think we can definitely mark that as a yes. But that's an easy one. I mean, time's going on now since the great financial crisis. So the credits that you're seeing now that these BDCs are underwriting aren't nearly as good as the credits they saw in, say, 2010 or 2011 when, you know, there was there were more borrowers than money. And now it seems like there's more money than borrowers. Mm. BDCs will dose up on activist repellent. Oh, so many. <clears throat> so uh, this actually happened before the I wrote the article, but Medley Capital reduced their fees. And then after that, you had Fifth Street Finance. They reduced their fees. You have Pinnett Park uh, Investments. Is, they reduced their fees. activist repellent because it make, makes activists less interested in trying to take over the BDCs because they're being more responsible. Right. The idea is that by reducing fees, it makes you less of a target. And typically, BDCs with lower fees or expenses will trade at higher prices right relative to book value um clos bdcs will stop investing in clos oh what's a clo uh, yeah, that definitely, i think that happened for the most part um this was kind of a this is kind of a continuation of a trend again this wasn't really a like bold prediction but um investors for the most part have priced bdcs that invest in clos at less than book value Jordan, and so you what? can invest in them all you want but as a manager of a BDC, you would prefer your BDC to trade above book value, so you could raise more money, raise more assets under management, and generate more fee income. So, when, you know, when the investor community says, "Hey, we don't want to invest in BDCs that own CLOs," um, you say, "Okay, well, we shouldn't hold CLOs, right? Yeah. It's not in your interest to do so." And just for listeners, a CLO is a collateralized loan obligation, um, which is basically a security that is made up of a bunch of debt and it's often not very good debt like it's low rated stuff um and it's kind of it's it's no good it's no good imagine how the mortgages were the the mortgage like back securities were right before the financial crisis that's basically clos yeah i mean clos have performed well through the crisis the thing is is that there's just so much leverage with them so a, a typical disclosure will be eight to you know 15 times leverage with these vehicles so it only takes a fairly low default rate and a fairly low loss on default for a CLO to go close to zero. You know, the bottom tranche of the CLO that mm-hmm. the BDCs invest in. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to just quickly go through the other ones because we're running a little bit short on time. But um, you said that not one BDC will liquidate. That was- didn't happen. Um, there's one, there's a small one that's like in the process of it. I don't think it'll happen. Ah, but it didn't uh, happen until 2017. So you're right for yeah. 2016. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give credit to American Capital, which sold out to Aries Capital this year. Uh, there was more cash involved in that deal than stock, but it didn't completely liquidate. So, yeah. Um, dividend cuts will continue, 
which did happen. Um, yeah, I think 25% of the industry cut their dividend last year. Which is very responsible of them. Good for BDCs. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like when <laughs> it's kind of when you have like a juvenile delinquent, you know, and they're like, and they go to school every day for a semester. You're like, good job. Awesome for yeah, doing right. what you should have done. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about BDCs. Um, new focus by investors. Um, so investors are are going to focus more on uh, the BDC's net income than net investment income, and that that holds the the BDC more accountable to um, actually you know meet performance metrics. <laughs> right. Uh, it's more about underwriting quality. Right. Is anyone can generate interest income? It's whether or not you can keep it and not lose it to bad loans. Exactly. Um, I don't know if we can quantify that, so I'm just going to say. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know if that prediction was true. Yeah. Um, individual investors play a bigger role in governance, um, which it, it it looks like indiv- individual stockholders were voting more on um, BDC proxies this year, which is good. Yeah, it was awesome. So in one case, and I'm just going to give one case here, uh, Goldman Sachs BDC asked their shareholders for the right to issue stock below book value, mm-hmm. and their shareholders voted no. And Goldman and Goldman Sachs, to its credit, they didn't fight it. They didn't push off the annual meeting or anything. They said, "Okay, fine, we won't do it. You know, we don't need the right to do it. Whatever." And the time, you know, life went on. A lot of BDCs would have suspended the annual meeting, pushed back the time, and then you know, just like, you know, basically gone to people and wrung their necks over it and said, "Hey, no, vote for this. You know, it's terrible for your interest, but do it." Yeah. Uh, so I'll give them a lot of credit for that, and I'll give a lot of credit to their uh, shareholder base for saying no. And then the last one is uh, the there's more dispersion in performance. I think that's absolutely true. If you look on a price to book value basis, uh, the lowest price BDC sells for one seventh of the highest price BDC on a price to book basis. So I, I don't think there's any other way to say that that definitely happened. The, the BDCs that are performing really well have, have traded really well. And the BDCs that have had credit issues this year have just done terribly. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, I looked at it. That means you got nine out of 12 correct, which is 75%. Uh, C's are four degrees, slash so are D's. But you know what? You definitely passed. <laughs> <laughs> Did I pass? Well, and the important thing to remember, I want to point this out too, is that a lot of these predictions, if you nail one, you'll nail another. It's like, I said this before the show, but it's like, if... Uh, if you predict that it's going to be a very cold winter and that the price of heating oil is going to go up, then, well, you're probably going to get both of them right or both of them wrong, right? So, Definitely. Balance it out. Well, um, do you have any predictions for next year? Um, as, just as generally, this year. quickly, mm-hmm. I guess, is that, first of all, activism, I think, is on hold. Uh, the median BDC trades at a 10% discount to book, so there's not really enough meat there, not enough like room to make some money if you really mess, get in and mix things up. And secondly, I think you really, this is really more of a warning, you really need to be very careful about this idea that rising rates will be generally good for BDCs and then you'll get all these dividend increases. I think what will happen and what we'll see is that over time, rising rates will lead to higher income, but it'll offset would-be dividend cuts rather than lead to increasing dividends to investors. Okay. So I'm going to remember that and I'm going to ask you about this next year in 2018 so be ready um 
So, listeners, thank you very much for joining us. I know I said it would be a short episode, or at least I did before the episode started, but we didn't do that because we never do that. As usual, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Contact us at Industry Focus at fool.com or by tweeting us at MF Industry Focus. Again, if you want to look at our resolutions in one central location, head to resolutions.fool.com. You can also email us your resolutions at industryfocusatfull.com or by tweeting us. Wouldn't that be exciting? We'll have like a little a little resolutions party. Thank you to Austin Morgan. Austin, do you have any New Year's resolutions this year? I do not. I don't normally make a resolution. So many non-resolutioners. I'll give you one after the show. All right. Okay. Um, thanks again to Austin. He's today's producer. And thank you to y'all for joining us. Everyone have a great week.